0: Amen. Well, listen, let's get into the Word this morning. I'm excited to do that. We're in our second week of our series on living this Lego life, Lego living. Last Sunday, we talked about love and what it meant to have love in our life. Just as a reminder, love is alive when it's giving, love is dying when it's bartering, and love is dead uh, when it's taking. And God demonstrates this wonderful thing of an alive love, doesn't He? It's the first first characteristic of the life that God has called us to live. That's what what we're told. We're told that if we live by the Spirit, if if, if we're living in in, in right connection, right communion with God, that the, the characteristics of that would be love, joy, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about joy and, and what it means to live a life of joy. Here, here's what it tells us in First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. It tells us this, that we are to be joyful always. To be joyful always. Well, that, that's, sometimes that's easier said than done, isn't it? But I want to talk about that. I want, to, I want us to get into that. I want us to talk about how we can do that. So, so first of all, let's, let's just kind of get a sense of, of what, what joy is. Now, I, um, this morning, so just before I got up to speak, I looked back at you, okay? And you might have went, why is the pastor staring at me? Is there something, uh, you know, is there something? So, here's the deal. Come here. So, by the way, we, you had no idea this was going to happen, did you? Right? So, come on up here. So, uh, so here's what I'm going to do. I want you to, I want you to turn and face these folks. Here's what I want to do. Um, I, I want to, I have this for you. It's $100. All right. Thank All you. All right. All right. Woo, yeah. Now, here's, here's what I want you to know. Was that okay? You sure. <laughs> do you need me to pick out somebody else? Because you're, you're okay with me giving them $100? All right. So, now here's what I want you to know. In that moment, I'm going to hand you that $100. Did you feel something right down in here? Yeah, a little bit. A okay? yeah, yeah. little bit, right? So, so that's what joy is so here, you 'll you'll hear these expressions like um, uh, like "Leap for joy, jump for joy, shout for joy and it 's it's, it's, it's a spontaneous thing that happens happiness when, when, when you receive that one hundred dollars and you started thinking about, "Man, I know what I can do with this hundred dollars see that 's happiness. so happiness flows through the mind and, and it 's a result of, of thoughts that we have. Joy comes from the soul, it comes from within happiness comes as we process experiences. Right, right. I, I, here's the thing, I, I don't want you to forget that. In fact, every time from now on, for the rest of your life, every time you see $100, I want that to be a visual reminder to you, a trigger to you, that joy is something that comes from within. And, and happiness is, is we process through that through our mind, we process that through, through experiences. Hey, that's all I have for you today, thanks so much. Listen, just so you know, I want every one of you to experience joy today. I'm not going to give each one of you $100. But here's what I am going to do. I don't want you to leave empty-handed. So at the end of the day, we have these stress relievers that each one of you are going to get. Okay? And it's just like a large Lego block. It's got the church name on it. And and here's the thing. You can just… If you're worried about finances, you go, I could really use that $100. At least when you leave today, you can go There you go. All right. Now you're set up. Joy. God wants us to live, so the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, joy. Here's, here's an interesting, interesting truth about joy. The word joy, it comes from the word, the Greek word for joy is kara. The Greek word for grace is charis. Grace and joy come from the same root word. There's a reason for that, because grace and joy are completely intertwined. And God wants us to understand that. That's the reason why when we, when, we, when we come to this axiomatic truth that love is alive when it's giving, that love is dying when it's bartering, and love is dead when it's taking, when we, when we recognize. How much God loves and the way that God loves, the grace that He shows towards us, what it does is it rightly and and ideally, it it positions us for joy. It it, it positions us for this this state of well-being. You know the They they tell us, psychologists tell us that one of the biggest things that impacts our our joy factor or or our overall sense of well-being is this. It is our perception of how much or, or how little the person that we admire the most thinks about us. Let me say that to you again, because I want you to to grasp this this morning, because I believe this. I believe that it's a very powerful truth, and it's core to the gospel message. That that our sense of well-being, our sense of worth, is directly related to our perception of how much the person we admire most values us. So, for example… If, if I grow up in a home where, I, I, more than anything, I want my father's accept, acceptance… And, and He never speaks value into my life. He, he, never, he never speaks affirmation into my day. That's gonna, that's gonna r- r- significantly impact my sense of self-worth. It's gonna significantly sense, uh, uh, impact my sense of value. And it's gonna affect, in a dramatic way, my ability to walk with a healthy disposition and even experience joy. If, if I find myself in a marriage, and, and more than anything, what I want is I, I, I want, that, I want that, that, that sense of value from my spouse. I, I want that, that sense of connection from my spouse. And, and it, it, it's, it's apparent that instead of being valued, that I'm, a, I'm an object to be possessed. It, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect my world. It's going to affect my, my viewpoint. It, it's going to affect so much of my disposition. For, for some of us, where we got off balance uh, was during our, during our school years. We, we so much wanted to, wanted to have a connection with that popular person or fit in with, with that, even that particular crowd. And as, as hard as we tried, th- we were shunned, and, and maybe not even shunned, maybe they thought it was funny to make fun of us. And so, it, 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 it affected our ability to see ourselves rightly. to to walk with the value that God wants us to have, And, and, and therefore, to experience joy. For some of us, and God didn't bring us here to put us on blast this morning, but for some of us, this is a sobering thing to understand. Because we have children who are not living the life that we would hope. that that, that have some aspects of their journey that are troubling to us. And even though maybe we don't intentionally do so, our posture towards them, even potentially our distancing from them, has communicated to them a lack of value. The church... The church is supposed to be salt and light. And the church is to be this honored institution, but the church's failure to communicate value of the world to the world has had a huge ripple effect on our culture. And what it's done is it's, it's made this idea of joy. A distant difficulty, and, and even a topic of frustration. And, and that's friend, that's not God's ideal. That's, that's, not, that's not God's plan. And 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 here's here was God's idea. God's idea is this. When when Jesus was asked, what's the most important command? He said, love God with all your heart. When, when God gave the commandments to the children of Israel as they were navigating the wilderness, He said this, you are to have no other gods before me. You, you aren't supposed to worship graven images and, and you should not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And, and we, we have this we have this understanding that the first relationship, the highest priority relationship is that relationship that we have with God. And that, and that God is supposed to be our first love. It's the reason why God talks about this issue of first fruits. We're, it, we're supposed to give the first tenth of all that, we, all that we receive, we're supposed to give that to God. Why? Is it because God is needy? No. Is it because God is greedy? No. Is it because God has this crazy uh, desire and and, and, and this this selfish need for us to lavish praise on Him and and, and lavish worship on Him? Absolutely not. Here's… God understands the way that He has made us and here's what, here's what we know. Here's what psychologists have, 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 have proven. It's an axiomatic principle, friends, that the person that you value most, the person that you love the most, your perception of how they value you is going to affect your sense of self-worth. It's going to affect the way that you see yourselves, and it's going to affect the way that you interact with others. And so, if I have God in the highest place in my life, okay? If He is my highest priority, if He is my greatest love, if God is what I most admire, if He is whom I most want to please, and then I walk with a healthy understanding of how He looks at me and how He values me, are you starting to see how it connects. And yet, we live in this world where so many of us, we have this unhealthy perception of who God is. We have a disconnected relationship with God, and the ripple effect is it, it influences every aspect of our journey. It, 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 it creates these holes in our character. the fruit of the spirit a natural effect of living the life that God has us in it's this that we will that we will walk in love that will understand his love that will receive his love that will reciprocate his love that will express his love and when we When we come to the very real understanding of how much God loves us, it allows us (laughs) to know that we have value. See, the Word of God tells us this, that we were bought at a very high now, if that's the case, then it would make sense that one of, one of, the, one of the great endeavors that Satan, the, the, the enemy of all that is good, one of his great endeavors would be this. To create in you a confusion about the identity of God and God's posture towards you. God is all about rules and regulations. He's all about do's and don'ts. You've got to straighten up. You've got to fly right. You've got to clean up your act. You've got to… In fact, when you sin, God, fill in the blank. So, when when we operate in that mindset and we operate in that that understanding, that misunderstanding, what it does is this, is it wrongly positions us, it robs us of our joy. And… If you've been around church at all, you've heard this over and over again. The joy of the Lord is our, come on, say it. The joy of the Lord is our Why? Why is the joy of the Lord our strength? The reason that the joy of the Lord is our strength is what it does is it, it solidifies identity for us. And, and when that happens, when it, when it solidifies identity for us, the next of those qualities that you see fruit of the Spirit come into play. Love, joy, peace. And when I and when I have peace in my life, I'm able to demonstrate patience. The, it, this issue of joy, it listen, it is absolutely paramount that we have an understanding of this, that we have an understanding of how it affects us. And, and when we when we when we see how joy is 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 connected, interwoven with grace. When we have proper perspective of how much God loves us and we put Him in the right place in our life, joy flows. So here's, here's, here's what the Apostle Paul had to say about that. In in, in the book of Philippians, he, he, we probably see the word joy used more in that book, in the context of that book, uh, this letter that he writes to the church at Philippi and, and through the anointing of the Holy Spirit to us today. We probably see that idea of joy in, in the book of Philippians uh, more than any other place in Scripture. And so, when, when we, it, I think it would, it would do us well to look at what Paul has to say about how we walk and how we live in joy. And so, here's what we find. Paul says this. He says, for me to live a life of joy, one of the things that I have to do is this, is I have to not get caught up in the issues of my past. He says this in Philippians chapter 3. He says, this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. We talked about this a few weeks ago, that it's so easy for us to to have our identity tied in our, our past failures or our past successes. And even when we tie our identity to our past successes, it, it causes us to buy into the lie that the best is behind us. And so, while we might find some comfort in reminiscing, it, it, it's not the fuel of joy. The fuel of joy is what's happening in current context. And so, For for me to walk and for me to live uh, uh, with a disposition of joy, one of the first things that I have to do is this, is I have to to deal with those issues of my past. I, I I, I have to come to grips with the reality of what they are, and then I have to release them to God. God does not want you to be defined by the journey that brought you to this place. God wants you to be defined by the journey that's in front of you. Let me say that again. God does not want you to be defined by the path that brought you to this place. He wants you to be defined by the journey in front of you. And and we see this over and over and over again in in, in Scripture. So, what I I do is this, is is I, I give my past successes and I give my past failures to God. And with that, I also, I give Him the regret in my life. I have have regrets, Let me me tell you some of the regrets I have. Um, I regret not buying Apple stock when it was $7 a share, (laughs) right? Because it has split twice since then, okay? And when it hit like $400 a share, you can do the math in your head. That's uh, that's a pretty good ROI, correct? I, I, um, I, I regret that. Okay. Um, there are several automobiles that I regret purchasing. Uh, I, I, bought a, I bought a Chrysler product uh, uh, right after Jody and I got married. And that was during the, during the days of Lee Iacocca. And he said, the pride is back. and It was born in America. And I said, it might have been born in America, but it was not born in my car. Right? I, it, it was one of the first cars that had the, the voice that would talk to you, right? The little — had the voice prompts. Uh, and I had, a, I had to make a four-hour drive, and 30 minutes into that four-hour drive, the car freaked out and it started just running through all of the voice prompts. The right door is ajar. The left door is ajar. The lift gate is ajar. See? Four hours, friends. <laughs> yeah, there's just a little bit of a little bit of a of a of a regret there. You know, I have some. I have some things in my journey. that if I held on to those instead of releasing them to God could be the fuel for really life-impacting regret. Personality altering regret. But I'm so grateful that here's what God says. He says, Ed, I want you to cast all your cares on me because I care for you. I want you to I want you to place your burdens upon me. I want you to present your requests to God. So, so God, I, I, I give those, I give those things to you. I'm not, I'm not going to hold on to those. And then, I'm going to yield to your plan. Here's what the Apostle Paul says in, in Philippians chapter 3. He says, this one thing I do, forgetting what is ahead and uh, forgetting what is behind and straining for, for what is ahead, I press hold to take hold of that which the Lord Jesus has for me. N- not just what he has for me, for what he has already taken hold of for me. Wisest man ever li- to ever live, Solomon put it this way, he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. So the, to, to, to live this life of joy, I, I have, to, I have to, to push past my past, I've got to give those regrets to God and then, and then yield to Him. Once I do that, here's a biggie. Focus. Focus. Here's here's what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4. He says, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are right, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. If anything's admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy, think on these things. It's issue of Focus. Can I offer you this? It's the reason why our weekly gathering is so important. Because we have these tugs in our life, don't we? We have these voices that that speak to us, and and, and they pull. And and here's, here's what life does. And, and here's what, as, as, we're, as, we're in, as we're involved in this world, that, that it has a, a natural aspect to it and a supernatural aspect to it, right? There's a spiritual aspect of everything that we do. Uh, there are these influences, these voices that, that attempt to, to pull us away, to draw us away. I don't know if you experience this, but, but I will tell you, in, 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 in my life, this doesn't happen very often, but there are occasions where I, I find myself traveling, and in the midst of traveling, I, I, miss a Sunday, I miss a Sunday service. I can feel it when I miss church on Sunday. I can feel that, that nominal drift. I, I, can, I can feel that, that, issue of, that issue of focus. Now, we don't have to live in anxiety over this or, or, or have, have needless frustration as a result, but this issue of focus, it's a, it's a big thing. I'm convinced it's one of the key reasons why God tells us that we are supposed to not forsake the gathering together of the brethren as some are in the habit of doing, even more so as you see the day of the Lord's return approaching. What what positions me well for joy is surrendering my past to God, giving my regrets to Him, yielding to the plan that He has for me and making sure that I stay focused on that. Using the gifts that He's given to serve, which shifts the perspective from me to outward. And then, and then learning the secret. You know what? That might not even be the right word. Learning the power of being content. That's what joyful is. And, and God wants us to walk and He wants us to live in this joy. It starts It starts from having the right person in first place. Having the right person in first position in your life. And so, for some of us here, the reason that God brought you here this morning is because a relationship with God is not your highest relationship. Maybe for you, today is the first time that you ever thought about it. You, you've, you've heard the name of God, you've known about God, you've, you've, you've been in environments where you've talked about religion, but the idea of God being a personal being and your connection with God being in the context of a relationship, maybe that's a new concept for you. But when God created you, He created you for that very reason. He created each one of us for that very reason. And so, it all starts, this this game plan for for joy, it all starts with having a relationship with God and having that relationship with God be the relationship that we value the most. Do you want to know how you know what relationship you value the most? Okay? Okay. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to spell this out for you because that way you can write it down. Are you ready? T-I-M-E. Time. Time. So, <laughs> I know someone values me when they want to spend time with me. And God wants to spend time with you. And time spent with God, friend, is time well spent. So so we start with making a connection with God, having a relationship with Him and saying, God, you're going to have the highest priority on my calendar. In my thought, in my life, God, I, I, you're going to be you're going to be my highest and best relationship. And, and and when God is in right position, and we we come to a healthy understanding of how God views us, then we're positioned for joy. It allows us to surrender the past to Him, to give our regrets to Him, and to yield to Him. Once we've done that, as long as we're mindful of how drift can take place and we remain focused, using using our gifts and abilities to help others along in this journey of joy and then just breathe, right? And learn to be content. Our life is going to be characterized by this joyful disposition. And here's what it will do. Here's the payoff. The payoff is this. Is it will influence Every horizontal relationship you have. It'll change the dynamic of your home. Sir, you're here and your marriage is struggling. Let me tell you where that starts. It starts with the very real truth that God does not have highest priority in your life. Now, there are some of you that are here this morning, and that statement initially offends you. But as you process it, you know that it's true. Because when my relationship with God is right, when my vertical relationship is right, it will impact every other relationship that I have. And so, you're, you're struggling in your marriage relationship. Sir, let me tell you what you need to do before you leave here this morning. You need to come and you need to spend time in this altar and you need to say, God, I want to focus not on my marriage. I want to focus on my relationship with you because I understand the byproduct of a disconnect from you is impacting some of the most important relationships in my life. Ma'am? Same thing. You're, you're, struggling in your, you're struggling in your marriage. In fact, you sit here today and you go, I don't even know if I love my husband anymore. Let me tell you where love for your husband's going to flow. It's going to flow out of healthy relationship with God. And when I have that healthy connect with God, and I understand how much He loves me, and that positions me properly, it allows me to move forward healthy in every other relationship. You're, you're here today and you're, you're seriously stressed out over career issues. You're stressed out over your job. You're, you're worried if you're, if you're going to have employment tomorrow. Let me tell you where the answer to that starts. It starts in healthy relationship with God. Because when I have a healthy relationship with God, when I understand that God loves me, not just that He loves me, that God's crazy about me, and then I partner that with the truth that my God shall supply all of my needs, I come to the understanding that my job is not the source, it's simply a resource. And sir, ma'am, let me let you in on a little secret, okay? Your business is not the only business on the planet. Are you ready for that? I mean, there are other jobs out there. Yes, but I've worked for this company for 20 years. Well, it's time to go and spend 20 years with somebody else maybe. It's it's simply a resource. And and recognize that God is your source. And and when (laughs) I… When, when God is my highest relationship and I understand how He views me, then joy works. And, and, and that's when, and, and this is, I, I close with this thought. That's when scriptures that not having a healthy understanding of joy, when scriptures can be confusing. For, for example… James writes this, consider it pure joy when you face trials. That just seems like the dumbest thing on the planet, doesn't it? <laughs> consider it pure joy when you face dire circumstances. It cons- consider it pure joy when you face trials. Why? Consider it pure joy when you face trials, when you face tests, knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And and if you allow that to to take the course that God has, what it will do is it will mature you and strengthen you and position you to where you have the understanding that you lack nothing. God, because I know your character… And I know how, you, how much you value me, that I matter to you. I know that you have me and you have this. And so, I'm not going to live my life consumed by chasing after happiness, which is, which is a, re- a byproduct of the experiences and my thoughts no, God, what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to let joy flow from in here. Out of this, this soul understanding of who I am and my identity in you. When uh, When a group of missionaries… Uh, went to uh, the far north regions of Alaska, and they were, they were wanting to connect with some of the uh, indigenous uh, groups there. One of the things that they struggled with is they struggled with language. And one particular one particular group, they they were trying to, they were trying to help this this Eskimo people group understand the idea of God's joy. But, but for, this, for this tribe, for this people, they had no word in their language that, that communicated joy on, on any level. And so they started looking at the, the life of the Eskimo and, and the, the environment of the Eskimo and trying to figure out a, a, way to, a way to communicate this issue of joy. And one of the things that they noticed is they noticed this. That at certain times, at certain moments, there were there were aspects of the Eskimo life that would cause their dogs to just become giddy. Okay? What does a dog do when it's just excited and just fill of mirth? What's a dog do? Wags its tail. So, in the Eskimo language, the word for joy is a wagging of the tail. God wants you to live a life where that's you, where there's just a constant wagging of the tail. I think about that. I think about, we've got this, we've, we've got this little dog at home. It's, it's our daughter's dog that, that has kind of uh, just become our, our stepchild, and uh, I have a love-hate relationship with this dog. But this dog loves to see me. And it, it's got a cropped tail. It's a little dog, that has got a cropped tail. Uh, so, it doesn't have much of a tail. But she'll try with all her might to, 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 to wag just that little bit of a nub that she has. And, uh, and man, I'll come in and her, I mean, her whole back end will just be shaken to wag that little nub, right? I don't have a treat. I don't have a toy. It's just… To the core of her being, she's just thrilled that I'm there. It's joy. I mean, it's, it's pure, absolute joy. When you, when you realize who God is, and how he feels about you, oh, that's, it elicits the same response in us. And God brought you here because he wants you to know that. And God brought us together to where we could experience that. And then he's given us both the challenge and the opportunity to present that to the world around us. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and next week, man, you really want to be here next week because next week we're going to talk about peace. This This thing that God does for us, it really is, it's very remarkable. But this week, live your life in such a way. See God in right perspective and let your tail wag.